All right. Well, I do appreciate this opportunity. I do appreciate the McMurtry family. Uh, they've been uh, good friends to us. And I, I tell this stuff often. You know, the very first time that I talked to Pastor McMurtry is, is by accident. I accidentally called him. And uh, uh, but he's he's been a good friend to me. Anytime that I've had a question, just something kind of run by him. Uh, he's been a pastor for a long time. I can give him a call and and I think that I can get sound advice from him, but he's been a good friend to us. I appreciate their hospitality. It's good to see everybody here. It's not so good to see you here in Illinois, right? <laughs> and we experienced the Eurocladon yesterday, those crazy winds yesterday. And uh, just when I thought it couldn't get any worse, you know, we walk out and like literally my ball cap's about to blow off my head. And, and uh, uh, my wife, she, she was talking about she got out at the Walmart and this, this gust of wind just hit her, you know, and she's like holding her dress down. She said, how do these people, how do these ladies stay modest up here? So, I don't know. We're going to have to start having Christmas in July, I think. But, uh, anyway, uh, it, it was, we're driving on the way up here, and the kids are like, this is horrible. This is boring. Because, you know, we're literally driving straight through a storm. And, and it, was, it was clouds like I've never really experienced. It was like this huge, dense, thick, like peanut butter, thick fog everywhere. And I, I told her, I said, hopefully kids will get to see the sun before, you know, the week's out. So, but anyway, we, we got to see the sun, but it's, uh, it's a... Uh, good to be here. It's a good fellowship last night. Uh, good to get to talk to some of you. To actually get to meet uh, some of you for the first time. But uh, anyway, uh, we we do appreciate uh, the McMurtrys and their hospitality. We appreciate Liberty Baptist Church. The orchestra sounded fantastic. Brother Daniel done a wonder, wonderful job with that. I love orchestras. I love instrumentation. I love those things. The choir sounds good. It makes me want to go back and, and I have a platform. I don't have a. It's not big enough for people, right? So it makes me want to build it big enough for people, right? So I can get some instrumentalists and some, some vocalists up there. But Philippians chapter number three, title of my sermon this morning is Facing Forward, Facing Forward. Folks, we all go through life. We have issues. We have problems. You know, we always look for a guarantee. We always look for uh, promises in life. One thing that you can guarantee is that you're going to experience trouble in life. Job chapter 14, Job says, man that is born of woman is a few days and a full of trouble. He didn't say you're going to have a little bit of trouble. He said you're going to be full of trouble. And unfortunately, a lot of that trouble we cause ourselves, don't we? We bring on ourselves some on purpose and some by mistake. You know, we'll buy that lemon car. We'll buy that lemon house that gives us all sorts of problems. We'll pay too much. You know, we'll order some food and they'll accidentally put cheese on it. Right, Pastor McMurtry? Right? So, I mean, mistakes and problems happen in our life. We make associations with people. We make decisions in our life only to look back at those decisions or those those choices to make those associations. We look back on them later in life and we're like, man, I really shouldn't have done that. Make associations, you're like, man, this guy's a great guy, you get associated with him, then later on you find out, man, this guy's really crazy. All these people are crazy, right? Maybe you say things poorly, maybe you behave poorly in life, but folks, that's life. You're going to make mistakes, you're going to have errors in your life, but past decisions, uh, they can influence you, they can hinder your life now, they can alter your life now. Folks, I've been burned so many times by people at church. You know, used to, we would have visitors come to church and I would be like, Hey, God bless you. How'd you hear about us? I'd walk up and shake their hand. Not anymore. They're walking in. I'm like, Hey, who are you? What do you want? Where did you come from? Right? So you see, when you get burned in the past, it can affect you in the future. Because, folks, we've all been hurt in life. We've all made bad decisions. We've all been talked about. We've all been offended. We've all cried. We've all lost friends. We've all lost colleagues. But I want to challenge us this morning to face forward. To face forward. Because, hey, 2021, this seems... It's the calm before the storm, folks. 
Things are going to get worse than they're going to get better. 2020 was just, I mean, it was crazy times in 2020. And I just learned, you know, Illinois still has a mask mandate. What are we doing here, folks? Hello. But it's going to get worse. Everybody, I just can't wait till things we get back to normal. There's never going to be a normal, right? It's a new normal and it's an insane asylum. But folks, hey, uh, next year, 2022, 2023, 24, 25, hey, as the, the return of Christ draws near, this world is going to get wickeder. This world is going to wax worse and the love of, 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 of many shall wax cold, the Bible says. You're going to need God more now than you did yesterday. You're going to need draw, to draw closer to God. You're going to need to face forward. And again, our life experiences can hinder and hamper us and that's what I want us to get over. That's what I want us to do is to face forward. We don't have time to allow the past to hinder us. There's too much to do. There's too much to look forward to, to be in a constant state of, of, uh, of memory consumed with regret for stuff that you have absolutely no control over. The way you're dressed this morning, there's nothing you can do about it, right? Nothing you can do about it at all. You're here, right? I tell a story on my mother. My mother plays the piano for her church. And she was talking about the other day she was playing the piano. It's been several months ago. And, the, and she said, I looked down and she said, and I thought, I'm not wearing a dress. She was wearing a, her slip, right? My mom's like, well, there's nothing you can do about it now, right? That's the way you got to be in life, right? Face forward. Look down at Philippians chapter number three. The first point I want to make is to let the past empower us rather than enslave us. Look what Paul writes in uh, Philippians 3, verse number 13. He says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Look what Paul says. He says, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth in those things which are before. Now, when Paul says to forget those things which are behind, I don't think he was saying forget as in just you don't remember, because Paul certainly remembered his past. He recalls his past several times throughout the book of Acts. He recalls his past and he recalls his conversion. First Timothy 1 verse number 12, Paul writes, he says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and unbelief. So Paul, he wasn't saying, hey, don't just forget the past like I don't remember it because Paul certainly remembered his past. I believe what Paul is saying is, is forget your past to the degree that it won't hold you captive any longer. Because our past can enslave us. Our failures in life can enslave us. The bad associations that we've had in life can enslave us. Unforgiveness can enslave you, folks. Did you know that? Unforgiveness and bitterness. You know, the Bible talks about a root of bitterness growing within you. Folks, if something has a root, a root has the capability of growing. If you allow bitterness to linger in your life, that bitterness will grow. And it can influence and it can hinder and it can, it can cause all sorts of problems for you in your life. All of these things are the vehicle in which the past can control us and it can still haunt us. It can haunt and hinder our present as well as our future. Paul, more than any of us, had reason to dwell on the past, didn't he? And to allow it to hinder his service to God. But he writes, forgetting those things which are behind. Forget them. Forget that squabble. Forget that time that your spouse hurt you. Forget that association that brought you strife and pain. Learn the lessons that it taught you, but then forget the rest. You can learn from your mistakes. Learn from them. And then move on with your life. 
You can let the past empower you. You can learn those lessons and you can take those lessons and make you a better Christian or you can just linger in the past and just constantly think about somebody that hurt you. Join the club. You say, oh, somebody hurt me. Join the club, right? Uh, somebody talked about me. Join the club. Hello? I told a guy one time, he was talking about me at work, and I said, hey, I said, are you, I, 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 I told him, I said, if you talk about me, I said, talk about me behind my back, that way I don't know I don't like you, right? <laughs> you know, all these people are like, I say it to my face. Who cares? Big deal, right? We get upset about all these things. I was talking to someone last night about YouTube comments and all this. I don't have YouTube comments on my channel. But you want to know why? Because I don't care. <laughs> You want to know why? Because it's not going to make or break me as Grace and Fritz or the All Scripture Baptist Church or the pastor there. It's not going to make or break me if, you know, uh, uh, Caveman 6213, whatever, says good preaching or not. That doesn't matter. But I know, you, I know you've been hurt in life. And, and you know what? If you've not been hurt in life, if you've not experienced just some sort of pain or disappointment, hey, that can derail you as just a functioning adult, much less a Christian, hey, then you will. You will before it's over with. I can promise you that. You can't let it get to you. I've seen so many people. I grew up in church, folks. Yes, it was a Church of God type church, but I was at, the, at church. Every time the door was open, I was at church. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, every single week I was in church. And people that I've seen in church for, for you know, a long time, they're not in church anymore. Why? Because they're hurt. Why? Because they allowed something to derail them. And you always talk to them and what are they doing? They're holding on to the past. Holding on to that grudge. Holding on to that time that they were hurt. You all hear it when you go out knocking doors, don't you? Where do you go to church at? Oh, I, I used to go to wherever. Why don't you go? Well, you know, something happened. Well, I got hurt. Folks, it can change your life. You can allow it to have power over you. The past, whatever it may be, you can allow it to have power over you and influence your present and influence your future. Look down at Philippians 3. So number one, let the past, let it empower you. Hey, learn from it rather than let it enslave you and have power over you. Number two, be mindful of what is in your hands. Look what Paul writes. He says, verse number 13, he says, brethren, he says, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, he says, forgetting those things which are behind. And look what he says, reaching forth unto those things which are where? Before. See, he's not grabbing for things behind him. He's reaching for things that are in front of him. Because you, ha you can't forget that after you forget those things which are behind, you're going to have to reach forward unto those things which are before. And folks, you can't reach for something if you have your hands full. I tell my son all the time, you know, I kind of work for myself now and I'll take a lot of the boys with me a lot of times if they're in trouble, right? They, they go and help dad. That's their punishment, right? I told the boys the other day, uh, I was clearing and cutting trees down and I told them, I said, you know, you all need to stop fighting because my two little ones, they, they fight all the time. I mean, literally, they're like little wrestlers, right? They're fighting all the time. And I said, look, I said, if you all can't get along, I said, I'm going to take you to work with me tomorrow and I'm going to make you carry trees all day long with no lunch. They were good that day, right? So literally, that's like punishment, you know. Oh, come work with dad. I think it's funny, all these blue-collar things, they try to market it. At, oh, it's a trade, and it's a blue-collar trade. What? That's punishment in my house. If you're not good, I'm going to make you learn carpentry, right? So you better be good. But I tell my kids all the time, whenever they come and help me, I tell them all the time, uh, I'll, I'll say, here, hold this, you know, or grab this, set this over here. And they'll just be standing there holding it. I'm like, you know, 
put it down, put it over here. I said, you can't work with something in your hands, right? You have to have your hands free. And folks, you're talking about forgetting those things which are behind. If you're holding on to the past, you can't reach forward into the future. You know, you're reaching forward and you've got too many things in your hands and you can't reach and you can't grab anything. Let it go. Have your hands free to reach forward. Go to Hebrews chapter number 12, please. Keep a, a place, a bookmark in uh, Philippians chapter number 3. Oliver, can you bring me that bottle of water, please? See, this is a punishment. If you don't, you're going to work with Daddy Monday, right? All right, thank you. Hebrews chapter number 12. In life, we run a race, folks. When you run a race, sometimes we pick up things. We make mistakes. We gain victories. It's all a learning process. Along the way, we can collect emotions and experiences that can weigh on us. Even after the experience of the event is over. You think about it. You have a, a, a boyfriend and girlfriend, right? And they have a breakup, a bad breakup, right? They're separated. They're not in one another's life anymore, but they can still have that pain, right? Hebrews 12, verse number 1. The Bible reads, Hebrews 12, 1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set where? Before us. The race is before us. Folks, you have the rest of your lives to live the Christian life. Paul talks about running to win the prize. You think about it, you get to heaven, are you gonna, what, what excuse are you gonna to offer to Jesus Christ that you didn't finish your course? That you didn't run the race? Like you should have. That you didn't run to win? Well, oh Jesus, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't run the race really well, but if you remember, back in 2018, I was hurt. Do you remember that, Jesus? Right? I was hurt. Jesus, did you see that YouTube comment? I don't know if you look at Facebook comments, Jesus, right? Jesus, did you, you hear what my husband said to me, Jesus, right? You don't know how I've been hurt. Jesus, do you remember that I got divorced back in whatever? That derailed me, Jesus. Do you not, do you not realize? None of that stuff's gonna matter. None of that stuff's gonna matter at all. You have the rest of your life to run the race. None of those things will matter when you get to heaven and look at Jesus. Hebrews 12, verse number 2, look what the Bible reads. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, see, not behind him, before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Folks, what's before us? The prize. Go to 2 Timothy chapter number 4. 2 Timothy chapter number 4. A prize. What's before us? Heaven. What's before us? A life of service to Jesus Christ. That's what's before us. 2 Timothy chapter number 4. Look at verse number 5. 2 Timothy 4, verse number 5. I love this chapter because it's the end of, the, of Paul's life. It's an old preacher writing to a young preacher. You know, a lot of times uh, someone's last words is really kind of their most important words. A lot of the words that people focus on. It's the culmination of their life. It's every lesson that they learned. I was telling someone the other day, we were talking about someone, I said, I wish they would just, you know, do the right thing. But unfortunately, a lot of us, we learn lessons the hard way, don't we? People will tell us in our lives, don't do this, don't do that, don't marry him, don't date him, don't get that job, whatever. And we don't, we don't listen, do we? A lot. We learn the hard way. 
we'll do exactly the opposite thing of what we were counseled not to do, and then we'll suffer the consequences for it. Look at 2 Timothy 4. Paul says, but watch thou in all things. He's writing to Timothy. He says, endure afflictions. That's problems. That's troubles that you're going to have in your life. He says, do the work of the evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. He says, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. He says, I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me, look what Paul says, a crown of righteousness. With the Lord, the righteous judge shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but to, unto all them that love his appearing. What's before us? To impact others so they can live a victorious Christian life. To influence others. To be a positive uh, influence in someone's life. To point them to Jesus Christ. To let your light shine. To raise your family for the glory of God. That's what's ahead of you. That crown of righteousness, that's what's ahead of you. You have to look towards uh, facing forward. You have to look towards what's in front of you. None of this stuff's going to matter, folks. None of it's going to matter at all. Because one day, you're going to breathe your last breath and you're going to be standing before Jesus Christ. And we need to keep our eye on that. That's the goal. Face forward and keep your eyes on what is before you. You know Paul had to do that. You know Paul had, it, had that crown of righteousness in his, in, his, in his sights. He had to. The guy was beat, stoned. I mean, you know, they stoned him to death, thought that he was dead, drug him out of the city. Turns out he's not dead. He's going back to the same places to try to uh, confirm the disciples that they made or confirm some of the church leaders that they made. You know that the guy had his eye on that crown of righteousness. But the Bible talks about lay aside the weights, the hindrances in life. Are you holding on to the past? Are you holding on to unforgiveness? You know, do you wake up every day and you dwell on the people that have hurt you? If you do, they still have power over you. You know that? Let it go. Let it go and reach for the things that are before you. So number one, go back to Philippians 3. Number one, let the past empower you rather than enslave you. Number two, be mindful of what's in your hands. Don't hold on to the past. Number three, there's still much to do. Look what Paul writes, verse number 14. He writes, he said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He talks about, he uses that word press. Talking about press, it's going to be something that's going to take effort, strength to press. And he says he presses towards the mark. There should be a goal in your life. The goal shouldn't change regardless of things knocking you off course. You should still have a goal. Just because things try to knock you off course or just because you made a bad decision or whatever, it's not like that that, that should just end your whole life. My wife, years and years ago, uh, uh, she knew a lady that did Weight Watchers. The lady was one of those Weight Watchers representatives. Who knows what I'm talking about? Where you, they would go and you know people would come to a certain meeting and she was talking about messing up on your diet, right? Nobody's going to say amen now, right? She's talking about messing up on your diet. Say, so if you're on a diet and you just mess up and you blow it and you have something that you shouldn't have, she said, that shouldn't be the end of it. You should get back on your diet immediately. She said, that's like dropping your cell phone. You know, just be like, oh, well, I blew it. I ate an Oreo. So now I'm, you know, just going to, the whole day is gone. I'm going to go eat a whole chocolate cake, right? They said messing up is literally like dropping your cell phone and then picking it up and like, oh, well, I dropped it, you know. So and you smash it with a hammer, right? Or throw it down and jump up and down on it. 
Go to 1 Samuel chapter number 12 in the Old Testament. Your goal shouldn't change regardless of things knocking you off course. I'll show you this passage. I've been reading 1 Samuel and, and this passage just kind of jumped out at me. Look at uh, 1 Samuel chapter number 12, verse 13. Samuel is addressing the children of Israel. This is shortly after he made Saul king. Look at verse number 13. It says, Now therefore, behold the king whom ye have chosen, and whom ye have desired, and behold, the Lord hath set a king over you. If ye will fear the Lord, and serve him, and obey his voice, and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then shall both ye, and also the king that reigneth over you, continue following the Lord your God. But if ye will not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then shall the hands of the Lord be against you, as it was against your fathers. Jump down to verse 19. And all the people said unto Samuel, Pray for thy servants unto the Lord thy God, that we die not. For we have added unto all our sins this evil to ask us a king. Look what Samuel tells them. They're like, we've blown it, Samuel. That's pretty much what they're telling him. Look at verse 20. And Samuel said unto the people, Fear not, ye have done all this wickedness, yet turn not aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. You see that? So maybe you've made mistakes. Maybe you've blown it big time. Maybe you've made some bad associations in your life. And if you could, right, if old Doc Brown had his car here and we could go back in time, right, we would be like, we would go back to our former selves and be like, don't, don't make associations with those people. They're crazy, right? But you still have to serve the Lord. There's nothing you can do about it. Let it go and serve the Lord. Move on and serve Him. Forget it and reach forth. Learn the lessons that life teaches us and reach forth because there's still so much to do, isn't there? So much to do. You can't just let life just pass you by. You have to keep facing forward. The Bible talks about that we have a high calling. Folks, we still have souls to save. We still have people to encourage. We still have children to raise. We still have songs to sing, don't we? We still have light to shine. So don't allow anyone to keep you from that. Whether that person is currently in your life or that person is not in your life anymore and they've left a scar that's hindering you, don't let any of those things stop you from serving the Lord Jesus Christ and facing forward. Don't ever let any of that stuff stop you. Face forward. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on the prize. You remember Peter, he took his eyes off Jesus. And what happened to him? He sank, didn't he? Folks, we all have regrets. We all have the, man, I should have. Man, all, so many should haves. If you got time, we don't have time. We'd have to skip lunch. We'd have to skip tonight's service if I listed all of my should haves. You've got to move on. Learn the lessons that your mistakes teach you. Gain the strength that trials give you. And bask in the grace that God gives us. Boy, God, aren't you glad God's graceful? I'm glad that He shows me grace. I need as much grace as I can possibly get. The Bible talks about that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. I pray every day, God, I want to be the most meekest man on earth. I want, I want to be meeker than Moses, right? Because I need grace in my life. But we need to face forward in life. Don't let your decisions affect you. You know, and, and you say, well, is it just what I, I sin and then ask for forgiveness and just go on with my life? No, it's not that there's not consequences. I'm just saying if you just allow these things to have a hold on you, move on with it. 
And you know, in regard to sin, the Bible says if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Is that not what the Bible says? I like this statement, keep short sin accounts. Keep the slate clean between you and God. Right? And go on. But past things that are in the past that are affecting you now, or that could affect you now, you got to let them go. you got to move on. Don't think, man, I, sh- I never should have preached at Billy Bob's church or, you know, Pastor Billy Bob because Pastor Billy Bob's crazy. Nothing you can do about it, right? I never should have talked to this guy. I never should have been a friend of this guy. It doesn't matter now, right? You did. I never should have what, what, worn brown shoes at my wedding. I did. I had to drive back almost. It was late for the wedding. I had to drive back and get my black shoes, right? That is a true story. But you've got to face forward in life, okay? You have to face forward. Forgetting those things which are behind, learn the lessons from them, let them make you better, and reach forth into those things which are before. See, the goal is not what happened to you whenever, in the past. The goal is how you're allowing that to affect you right now, and is it going to cause you to stop serving the Lord from this point on? And you shouldn't let anything stop you from serving the Lord. A lot of people let that pandemic in 2020 stop them from serving the Lord, didn't they? Ah, there's a pandemic. We can't go soul winning, right? Oh, there's a pandemic. We can't go to church. It was all the people that were on the fence anyway. They didn't want to go soul winning or go to church anyhow. They're like, oh, man, do you want to go to church today? And, and the, the, the wife, she's like, oh, did you not see? There's a pandemic. She, he's like, okay, well, sweet. <laughs> right? Hey, make some waffles, right? Whew, I was getting tired of this whole church thing. Don't let the past affect you to the point that it's not going to... And it can. I, was, I made a joke earlier or whatever. You get burned by somebody, it makes you leery about anybody else. I was talking to uh, some of the guys yesterday about being a pastor in ministry. Let me tell you something. People will break your heart as a pastor, won't they? They'll break your heart as a pastor. You'll pour yourself into, into people. You'll pour yourself into them. You'll pray for them. You'll do for their family. You'll love them. You'll talk to them. You try to minister to them. And then they just walk away from you and talk about you like trash when they walk out that door. That happening to you, see, then the next little family comes in. You remember the old Looney Tunes cartoons where they see, like, the, the, the rabbit and he turns into a steak or a turkey. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you all know what I'm talking about. The rest of you all just need to get saved. But you know what I'm talking about. So you get burned by two or three different families or whatever, and then that... Next little sweet couple comes in. We're going to say that, that that family that just walks away from you and treats you like trash, it's a husband and a wife and like two children, right? They leave, talk about you like trash, you poured your, you know, you poured your heart and soul into them, right? Trying to minister to them, help them, love them, pray for them, have done nothing wrong by these people and they leave. And then that following Sunday, the door will open, some visitors come in and it's a husband and wife and two little kids. And you don't see them. You see the other people, right? They turn into those other people in your mind. And you're like, 
Why am I going to invest in these people? This is going to burn me. Why am I going to help these people? Why am I going to pray for these people? Why am I going to give uh, 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 you know, a, a nickel for these people? They're just going to walk away. I'm going to invest in them just like I did so-and-so, and they're going to walk away and talk trash about me, right? If I did that, I'd be letting the past affect me, affect my future, right? And we can all do that with associations, with experiences, with hurt, with unforgiveness, with bitterness. We can all do that and allow it to affect us. And I'm like treating those people mean, and they're like, what did I do to this guy? You know, I just showed up at church, and this guy's, you know, treating me bad. Don't let the past hinder you. Forgetting those things which are behind. Don't let them have power over you. And face forward. We all got a lot to do. I've heard statistics where soul winning is at an all-time low. Church attendance, folks, is that there was a Gallup poll that's been done for the past 80 years. 80 years, and church attendance is at an all-time low since this Gallup poll has had started. 80 years, all-time low. And again, a lot of that was that, you know, everybody's sitting on their couch at home for the past, you know, year and a half. There's some, st- some churches still haven't opened up, having one service or whatever. We got, we got our work cut out for us, you know? Don't sit there and tell me you got hurt. I did too. Move on. Don't tell me, oh, oh, uh, well, somebody talked about me. Big deal. You know how many people's talked about me? There's, there's two states that I never got death threats from. I think it was Connecticut and Montana. I even got, I even got, I even got dirty phone calls from Alaska. I'm like, how does that happen? I didn't know you all had phones up there. Montana, you know they don't have internet signal nowhere in the whole state. But anyway, all they have in there is horsepower, right? Some of you all get that tomorrow. But who cares? Big deal. Let it go on. Man, Jesus is worthy of our lives, of our, our, our service to Him for our whole lives. He's worthy of it. You know, Pastor McMurtry talking about uh, uh, Jesus and celebrating His birth and just uh, that God sent His Son to die for your sins. Austin talking about hell this morning, about how horrible hell was. And he's exactly right. We can't comprehend hell, can we? Man, if you pulled one person out of hell, you took them and you pulled one person out of hell, that'd be the, be- the greatest soul winner that ever lived. You pull them out of hell. I guarantee you couldn't offend them. I guarantee you couldn't hurt them, fe- their feelings and cause them to stop telling people how bad hell is. Guarantee it. But we'll, we'll, we'll come to the potluck and nobody will eat our banana pudding and we're like, oh, nobody likes me at church. And leave and quit church. Yeah. Quit serving the Lord over something stupid like that. That happens, doesn't it? Man, let that nonsense go. You talk to somebody, you're like, oh, I, I used to go to such and such church. Oh, okay, what happened? Well, uh, there's just disagreement. And the truth is, is again, somebody didn't eat their uh, banana pudding or cherry pie or, what, or somebody didn't thank them. You know you're going to do things in life that people are not going to thank you for? Did you know that? You might as well get ready for that. Well, they didn't say thank you. Well, the hello, welcome to life. You know, and a lot of people, then you feel guilty for saying that. You're like, well, maybe I shouldn't expect a thank you. It doesn't matter. Is it the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do, right? But don't let things derail you as Christians. 
Don't let things stop your service to God. Don't let things stop you from your Bible reading. Don't let things stop you from serving the Lord, from winning souls, from praying. Hey, and from, from seeing that goal, to see that crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give, hey, unto Paul and also all them that love his appearing. Don't take your eyes off that. Keep facing forward. Let go of the past. Let go of these things. They're just going to hinder you. You run with patience the race that is set before you. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for its admonitions, Lord. God, we all, when, when things happen in our lives, Lord, maybe we're good right now. But God, I know that things can happen, Lord, and, and bitterness and unforgiveness and, and, and just regret can just consume us, Lord. And God, it can cause us to stop in our tracks, Lord. It can hinder us, Lord. It can alter, God, our, our treatment of others. It can alter just our, our course uh, for the rest of our lives, Lord. Help us to let go of that. Help us to forget that, God. And help us to reach forth unto those things which are before, Lord. Help us to devote ourselves to the service of you for the rest of our lives, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for that message. There are...